Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and we've got another great edition for you in this episode. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the North Heidelberg Football Club, Jason Heatley, following their back-to-back wins, in particular their most recent one against Greensboro. And we'll also speak to West Preston Lakeside one player and recently judged assistant coach of that side in Abbey Galea following the Roosters' win over Diamond Creek Women's 1 to end their 17-game winning streak. All of that, plus a review and preview of all our senior men's and women's action. To help me do that um, is someone I'm happy to see anyway, but particularly after the uh, big Colgate Carlton game. Josh Ward, <laughs> great to have you on. Uh, it's great to be on. It's great to be on despite the events that transpired on Sunday, <laughs> but we'll move past that. We're, <laughs> we're here to talk about the NFNL. We and are. It was... A- it was a very interesting weekend filled with a couple of surprises, some massive scores, and I oh, can't wait to talk uh, talk about it once more. Yeah, there were some very, very intriguing results to look at across all three divisions. And for one, from a league point of view, it's so great to see the evenness across all of them because, mm-hmm. you know, it's there's so much unknown about teams that if they can, you know, get a, an upset win or if it's a big margin, um, all of that's just so great to see. And I've been really impressed with the quality as well particularly after a year and a half basically of not playing football I think you know a lot of sides have quickly settled in which is fantastic and you know a great result Mm -hmm. for all of our men's and women's programs but we'll start in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and well we were talking last week about that we you know they were probably all going to be expected results but I don't think anyone expected North Heidelberg to get on top of Greensboro in, in probably the big upset of the round, um, a big 25-point win for the Bulldogs at home. Greensboro, no Tom Brindley, of course, making his debut for the Richmond VFL side, but still a very talented list on the park, as they always do. The bar, Brenton Harvey make the, made his return to the Bulldogs, played his second game of the year. He kicked three goals and was instrumental in the win. Jesse Tardio, just superb in the midfield as well. And we'll, we'll chat to Jason about a few of these things, but um, that's two wins in a row now, and they've gone from last to sixth in a fortnight and all of a sudden, you might have to put them in the finals conversation. Yeah, it's it's a great win for them. You know, this is against the Greensboro side who who'd absolutely trounced them the, the two times they'd met last last season. And, and yeah, it's it's going to give them a lot of confidence. They're now, yeah, starting to hit their straps, which is which is great to see because they've got a very talented list, you know, with the likes of with the likes of Boomer Harvey, B- Billy Hogan, you know, got Shane Harvey there mm. as well. And of course, Jesse Tardio, what a season he's had so far. And yeah, it's a great win for them. This is going to give them a lot of confidence heading into, well, heading into the break and into this weekend as well. And they've got two favourable fixtures coming up as well in Hurstbridge and McLeod. And in, in wins against those could very well put them in a good spot in that Queen's birthday break as well. So all systems go for the Bulldogs at the moment, which is uh, great to see from their point of view. And as I said, we'll chat to Jason in a few moments' time. But looking at the other results uh, in that round's competition, Bandura, what well, were too strong for McLeod. Neville Jetta coming back and having a terrific game. Uh, McLeod they had a fair few injuries coming into it. Um, Ned McEwen obviously not playing in that one and a few others as well. Sebastian Latina was another one who's having a nice breakout year. He wasn't part of the team and the Bulls, well, as expected, um, they got the job done against McLeod. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by that result, to be honest, especially with, 
you know, all the outs that McLeod had had. I thought they'd, they'd put up a bit of a challenge initially when when I was writing the preview from last week. But, yeah, that, Bandura, they just showed their class. They had very handy inclusions as well, you know. Well, you mentioned Neville Cheddar. He's had a remarkable se- remarkable season in both the VFL and in his two games for Bandura. You know, David Zaharakis came back. He was also influential, named second best for them. And, yeah, it's it's a very handy win, a, p- a percentage booster win, and I'm sure they would have enjoyed that, particularly given it was against their next-door neighbours. Heidelberg, they continue on their merry way, a, a comfortable victory over Northcote Park by 63 points again. Pretty much expected, you'd feel. Um, but the Tigers, yeah, well, you know, they still put this up to themselves up as the team to beat. Um, and they're just continuing to show that again. Uh, yeah, and you know, I think Northcote Park will be slightly disappointed given, you know, they'd, it, well, the previous weekend, they'd gone close against Bandura. Mind you, that was out at Bill Laurie Oval. They would have wanted to put up a little bit more of a fight. But, you know, they'll still, they still might take a bit out of this result. But Heidelberg... They're just too good. They they finished the game again on fire. Kicked 47.7 goals. And only conceded three points to blow out the margin to what it was in the end. Josh Minow, he's been stunning these last couple of weeks. Kicks the six goals. Isaac Wallace has put together a really mm, good season he when he's played. Uh, kicks the three goals there. Lockie Wilson and Sam Gilmore, game named in the best. They've had stunning seasons. And you know, Alex Boyce has had a really good season as well. Up forward with the three goals and named best on for Northcote Park. He has done terrifically for uh, for the Cougars since joining them. But, yeah, it's um, you know, a good win for Heidelberg. Well, uh, and, yeah, they just continue on their merry way and show why they're the best team in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. We also almost had our second upset in that round as well, and that was out of Ben Freelay Oval between Hurstbridge and West Preston Lakeside. And we, we had our concerns about the Roosters before. I still do, despite the fact they had the six-point win. So, you know, Hurstbridge, no Joel Naylor, no Cooper Perrin. So they're two leading goal scorers out. Ahmed Saad comes back for West Preston Lakeside. And if it wasn't for his eight goals, they probably don't win that game either. And, yeah, the Roosters just look very, very shaky. Hurstbridge will be really disappointed they couldn't finish the job, albeit it was still a very gallant effort despite the outs that they've had. Uh, but I think this says a lot about both sides in terms of approaching the halfway market a year and, and what their expectations should be. Yeah, for West, from a West Preston Lakeside perspective, you 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 take the win. You, you always take the win, the wins whenever they come your way. But you'd be very disappointed that you know you only won this by uh, by the six points, and mainly thanks to Ahmed Saad having a spectacular game on return. That he just continues to amaze, kicks the eight, kicks the eight out of a possible twelve goals. That's a little bit of a concern, but it doesn't matter when you have Ahmed Saad in your t- team. It's still a pretty great effort from him. Uh, yeah, you'd be disappointed conceding, you know, eleven goals and seventy-seven points too against a Hurstbridge side, which, as you mentioned, Nick, were missing their two best goal kick- goal kickers, but. Yeah, they'll still take a lot out of this result, Will Hurstbridge. They'll be a bit disappointed they didn't get the win. You know, they were leading a half-time and three-quarter time by, and were increasing the margin well, in those in between those breaks. But, yeah, for West Preston Lake's side, they escaped with victory. And, yeah, I, I'm not really convinced by them now. It's, it's a bit concerning that... You know, they're only just winning against Hurstbridge out on their home deck, but it's still very concerning. And I mean, again, we've we've always been saying if, you know, if there's one team that you shouldn't write off, it is West Preston Lakeside. And, mm. you know, you only have to have a look at 2019 and the fact that they started 0-6 and were able to come up and have a fantastic 
premiership win. So, look, I do expect them to bounce back, but they don't want to leave their run too late because if the McLeods and North Heidelbergs get on a run, as we've been seeing, and they begin to play some consistent football, it could be very dangerous for them in terms of keeping that spot secured in the top five. But a lot to look out for with the Roosters, that's for sure. Um, and the other game, well, I didn't expect this to be such a blowout as it was, but Montmorency and Whittlesey, well, the Magpies really dominated this one right from start to finish. A, I think it's a 161 point win, no, 157, sorry, point win over Whittlesey. And, well, you know, it was 22 goals to six at half time, and, and, or, or sorry, at three-quarter time. A phenomenal effort there from the Magpies. Paddy Fitzgerald, seven, and then three other goal kickers with five each. Uselax as well as Lin Jong who came back into the side as well. Also really good to see Jesse Donaldson make his return. We didn't know how long he was going to be out for. We thought his injury may have been a bit more serious than it first happened, but great to see him back out on the park and an inspired leader for that Montmorency team. And even though he's not the captain anymore, um, he's playing a huge role for Gary Ramsey's side. So a bit of a blight there for Whittlesey. They'll be disappointed with that result. But Montmorency, well, they're definitely playing like a top two side right now. They are. They're, they're definitely flexing their muscles and that was a very, a very good victory. You know, what impresses me the most, they kicked 32 goals, but only the 12 behinds as well. Mm-hmm. That is clinical and deadly accuracy in front of goal. And we'll see, they kicked six goals, 11. They could have had more if they, they kicked straight. They'll be, you know, they'll leave Montmorency Park, would have left Montmorency Park. Very disappointed because they they'd started to to find some form in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, it's it's a massive percentage booster for Montmorency. Might hold them in good stead if if in the next couple of rounds or towards the end of the season if Heidelberg slip up because yeah, it's a much bigger win than when they faced Little C out of the showgrounds. So uh, very impressive for Montmorency and definitely showing why they're in second place. We'll now head to our chat with the senior men's coach of the North Heidelberg Football Club in Jason Healy. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the North Heidelberg Football Club in Jason Heatley. Jason, thanks so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time today. No, my pleasure, mate. Uh, happy to assist any time. A big win for the Bulldogs on the weekend over Greensboro, and that's back-to-back wins now as well. Um, it's, been, it's fair to say it's been a, a tough six weeks. It's tough not in the sense that you've been out of games, but more that you've been so close to results and you just haven't got there. So in saying all that, does the last two weeks really rejuvenate the side? Um, oh, look, it certainly does. I mean, when, when you're winning, it certainly brings a different mindset um, to the club and, and to the group. But look, in saying that, you know, the, the, the four weeks prior... You know, we did a lot right, you know, for large periods of games. And, you know, when you're playing against quality opposition, um, one thing that we learn is that, you know, we have a 15-minute lapse. You know, those really good sides can impact you. So we took a lot of positives out of the way we were going. We just had to orchestrate and get our connection a, a bit cleaner. And, you know, we've been able to do that the last couple of weeks. So it's pleasing. What was the difference in that Greensboro game? You say that when you do have lapses of times in games that the opposition just seemed to swarm in and make the most of it. Was it just more about tightening that defensive structure or was it more about having less of those lapses or was it other facets of the game that you felt really got you over the line? 
Yeah, look, there's a couple of things. There's, you know, our defence has been pretty solid all year. Um, so we're comfortable with the guys having the responsibility in terms of how they want to match up. Um, you know, some areas that we've been working really hard on is just connecting from midfield forward. You know, we've got some some new faces and, and, and new players going through there. So that connection piece has been work in progress for us and, and we're just starting to get it right now and get some symmetry. But I think um, also we're running on top of the ground a lot better. So for whatever reasons, we've had a lot of interruptions around player availability and, and even training habits, you know, with COVID and sickness, like, like everyone else. But I think right now our fitness levels are, are at a place where we can run games out strongly. So that certainly helps us. There was, of course, um, the great moment on Saturday with your 17-year-old son, Parker, making... His debut, it was nice to read on the weekend about how that all came about. He was able to kick a goal and, and be part of a victory. Um, what were the emotions around that day? And, and tell us a bit about Parker and what his development's been like in the club this year. Yeah, so look, he, um, you know, first off, he earned his game on his own merit. So I think that that's really important. And, you know, that's what the 23rd man does and allows, you know, clubs like ourselves to do, to be able to, to promote our youth um, yeah look it was exciting it was um, you know it certainly made myself watch the game through a bit of a different lens when he was involved but look he had some good moments and he certainly didn't look out of place um, you know and for him to be able to to get on the end of one and, and kick a goal it's, um, yeah look it brought a smile to my face and he was certainly chuffed and just the way our, our playing group looked after him and you know also look after all our young guys when they come into play is really important because we want them to be the fabric of the club you know for the next five to ten years you spoke earlier about um a lot of those structures that you want to get right during games being a work in progress and um you know obviously just falling short against some of those top five sides um you know as much as it would have hurt you would have seen the improvement there um was it was there a lot of frustration despite the fact that they would have been honorable losses or was it more about keeping belief in, in what you guys wanted to achieve on field and you knew that the results would come um, oh, well, look, at the end of the day, we're in a results-driven game. So the result is the result, and it will leave you in a certain position on the ladder. So, you know, that that comes certainly with, you know, disappointment that we're not winning. But at the end of the day, we had so many positives that we could take away. And we knew that if we stayed the distance and, and, and you know, kept true to ourselves and our standards that we want to set ourselves, that eventually the tide will turn. Um but in saying that, mate, we've still got a lot, a lot of work to do. And, and I suppose that's what's exciting about this group is the fact that I don't think we're anywhere near the ceiling of what these guys are capable of. But at the end of the day, you know, they've got to, to put in and, and do the work and, and just take the fundamentals on board of what we're trying to do. Tell us about some of the players in your side that you felt have been really impressive so far. We know Jesse Tardio, and you always get the great performances that you do from him each week in the midfield. It was great to see Brent Harvey back out there on the weekend, kicking three and, and playing a big role in the Bulldogs' win. I, I felt Nicholas Matthews has also been another one that has improved in that back line. But have there been others you felt that have really taken their development to the next stage this year? 
Yeah, well, look, those guys you mentioned, uh, obviously elite players, and you know Jesse has has been in that um, in that conversation for a number of years now. And any time we get Brand, we're you know really lucky to to have him. But I think having Nick Matthews back at the club shows us that he's a real premier defender now in this competition, week in week out. Um, other guys that have stepped up for us, you know, we think Adam Brandler has been terrific down forward, and you know he's one of those guys that we had to establish that connection piece with. Brock Cherkop, who's come across to us from Craigieburn, you know, he's improving every week, and again, it's just about understanding running patterns and how guys use the ball and what areas of the ground that they turn to. So that takes a bit of time. Um, but the other one that I think has really made a difference, and I, I can't remember what round he was back, whether it was round three or four, but just having Brandon Bailey back in the side just gives us a lot more poise around the footy, and we can use him in a, a multitude of roles. Um, you know, so it certainly you know stiffens up the the depth of our on-ball department. Looking ahead, just briefly, we've got uh, so you've got Hurstbridge and McLeod and Nick's couple of weeks now and you know these are sides that have been around your mark at least in the first couple of months of the year and I guess wins over those two heading into that Queen's birthday break area would you know put you in real good stead to to be in touch with that top five Um, do you sense this as a real opportunity to you know you say it is a results driven business to to get those wins um, and to to stay around that top five mark and, and see where the side can go from there or are your expectations a little different? Oh, look, my expectations are all around Hurstbridge this week. I mean, I think one thing that this competition has shown is that anyone can beat anyone on any given day. So um, we're certainly going to Hurstbridge expecting a real battle. They're a really good side um, when they're up and running, and we've got no doubt they'll get some key personnel back this week so they're going to be a formidable foe so we'll um we've got some work to put into them throughout the course of this week and i know it's cliche but we're not looking any further ahead than than this Saturday afternoon jason great to have you on and learning a bit more about how the bulldogs plan to go around this season all the best for this week and the campaign ahead mate absolute pleasure thanks for having me Great to hear from Jason Heatley there, the senior men's coach of the North Heidelberg Football Club, and great to get a bit of insight into all things happening with the Bulldogs. Let's head to our review of MC Labor Division 2 action from round eight. And, well, it's the same story we had the last time we went to Alton Central Park, only this time it was the home side that were able to get the run on in our match of the day. And it was the Panthers with 66-point winners over Banyol. And it was a tight start, but 12 unanswered goals from the Panthers meant they were able to blow the Bears out of the water. Finbar Maley, superb, the 18-year-old, really dazzling in the ruck. But they also had great contributors across all the areas of the ground. It was a big test in this top-of-the-table clash. We, we knew that Alton were a good side, but we just didn't know where they were going to sit at the almost halfway mark of the year. And, well, with a convincing win like that against the Bears, albeit... Banyol still having a fair few names out of that team, but regardless, um, that's a statement win for Al. That's a massive statement. That uh, that makes me think that they're definitely the well, the benchmark of the competition now. It, yeah, Banyol were missing a couple of their stars, as you missed. You know, Devin McDonald was a laid out, and uh, Tim had, Martin was Tim another Martin, one. Yeah, I was Kai a, Yogi. Yeah, and you also had Patrick Delrock and mm. Nick Main, and yeah, th- those were names that were missing, but. 
you know, this is a massive win for Altham. And to keep them to four goals in the match, Spaniel, when they're usually so free-flowing, it's an impressive effort. I was really impressed, you know, with Finbar Maley. He is becoming such a star of this competition, only at 18 years of age. I'm really excited to see what, what the future holds for him. Spoke really well in the post-match as well. So, yeah, he's a very bright prospect. But, you know, that, that third term, I'd never seen a more mm. dominant, well, term of play. We'd seen, you know, Greensboro early in the year dominate for most of the match against McLeod, but I'd never seen a more dominant third term from Altham. They just turned it on. It was unbelievable from them. Well, I guess the most surprising thing, not only was their pressure, but, you know, their ability to cause those turnovers from Banyul's point of view. I think they, they those kicks that the Bears were having at times were going straight into their hands and their blistering pace, they were running through the middle of the ground, they were using the width of the ground as well well. Um, and yeah, it was just a superb display uh, from from a team that wants to be, you know, claimed as someone that's got premiership credentials and they're certainly doing that right now. Their youth has been really, really impressive. Jason McCormick was another one that had a great game and, you know, he's only 18 years old as well. So, you know, to see these young guys step up, we know that Eltham have a great youth program and they're showing it at the moment. So... Um, a great result there for the Panthers, and that keeps them a game clear of the top of the table. And I say a game because Lower Plenty weren't able to capitalise in their defeat to Diamond Creek. A, a big result here. The Creekers, well, we knew they were capable, but we probably didn't know they were this capable. They sit second on the ladder now after eight games. A superb effort from the Creekers. A, a nine-point win. It could have been more if they had have kicked straight as well. Uh, but, yeah... We, we spoke about Altham wanted to be taken seriously. I think we have to put Diamond Creek definitely in this finals conversation. Yeah, despite, you know, the inaccuracy, I'm definitely taking them seriously now. This is a, this is a seriously impressive win against, you know, Lower Plenty side who I felt like they'd fallen a little bit off the wagon the last couple of weeks. That a slight drop in form, but it's still a very talented side as we've seen throughout the last couple of years in Division 2. But... You know, from all reports as well, Diamond Creek were were the better side on the day, and it seemed like they were 18 scoring shots to to 14. But you know, it was only an accurate kicking. I felt that I kept Lowell plenty in the game. But yeah, it's it's a really impressive win by far, their best win of the season out in their home deck two in a scrap. Which yeah, they'll give them they'll give them a lot of confidence heading into the second half of the season. They absolutely will, and it'll be great to see how Diamond Creek do go about things. Uh, in the weeks to come. The other important game, well, they were all important games this round, but there was a very intriguing one out at Main Street between Thomastown and St. Mary's. And, well, the Bears, they just haven't been able to, to quite get the job done. I think this is the third t occasion now where they've been down by a considerable margin and they've had to rely on the late comeback to get close in the game. They didn't get up again on this occasion going down to St. Mary's by eight points. Tane Cotter had a brilliant last quarter and sealing the win for the Borough. Josh Baird, the skipper for the Bears, did everything he could, kicking four goals in the final term, but it wasn't enough for the Bears. Now, they're sitting behind the eight ball now with all of these other teams getting wins, you feel. Um, it's going to take a bit of a challenge now, you, you would believe, for Thomastown to get back in the finals race. Um, yeah, I think this has taken a lot of us by surprise. It's taken me by surprise, and yeah, I reckon most of the NFL community, particularly those who follow, follow Division 2 closely would have been absolutely shocked by this. This is this is a massive statement as well from St. Mary's. You know, I would have thought Thomastown would get the win because they're pretty much at full strength. And 
and they've got heaps of ta a bit more talent than St Mary's, but yeah, it's um, it was set up by that second quarter really, where they where they piled on seven goals and conceded the three, but that was a massive second quarter, an impressive comeback from Thomastown, but yeah, that like you said, Nick, they ju they just left it too little, too late. Shout out to to San Costello as well, four goals and was named St Mary's best on all report from all reports as well. It was his best game in a St Mary's shirt and. I can understand why kicking four goals as a midfielder you don't see that every day and that's a super impressive performance from him so it puts the Bears six points away from the top five I think fortunately for them St Mary's and Lower Plenty who are fifth and fourth play each other this week so you'd mm -hmm. expect one of them to lose meaning that gives them a chance but you know for, for Thomastown it's just yeah it's very very strange I think to see him this low on the ladder approaching the halfway mark of the year I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back, but a bit like their games at the moment, they, they definitely can't leave this run late. Um, and with the other teams performing the way they are, they're probably not expecting Diamond Creek and St. Mary's to do as well as they have. And because they are, um, yeah, it puts them on the back foot a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bears can do from here. And then in the other two games, well, what's only where they were comfortable winners over Epping, 98 points the final margin in that one it all clicked together there for the Saints and that moves them into sixth spot as well with a handy little record um, after eight games and you know they, they might not be fancied for finals at this stage just more because of the results they've had against these these top five teams but they've definitely been on the improve when we spoke to George Latouf earlier in the year um, and there was a lot of confidence around the place and they're, they're slowly developing into a nice side so a great effort there from Watsonia uh, and then the last game was between Fitzroy Stars and Panton Hill. Um, and now I said last week that I thought this would be the Stars' chance to get that win. And I think at times they almost looked likely. But the Redbacks were able to find a way away from home. And they picked up their uh, second win, I believe, of the 2022 season. Um, a 14-point win there for the Redbacks. And an important one to get them back on track. Yeah, it's a massive one. I think this will... It's against Fitzroy Stars. And, you know, they've... They've had their struggles in the last couple of years and this year, especially. But you know they'll they'll still be very they'll still be happy that they got the win. And you know I feel like it staves off any potential relegation talk because if they did, they the lose this one, they would have yeah there would have been a bid. But you know Fitzroy Stars will be really happy. They were very accurate in front of goal as well. Eleven goals, eleven goals three, which isn't a bad a bad effort and. You know, good kick, kicking is good footy, so they'll take a lot out of this. But yeah, Band Hill just the better side. I wonder if this will give them confidence heading into the second half of the season. Well, and it also sets up a really interesting battle in a fortnight's time between Epping and the Fitzroy Stars. Actually, mm. maybe a bit more longer than a fortnight. But ninth um, and tenth, only one win between them. Epping just got the job done over Fitzroy Stars in round one. Be interesting to see what the flip side will be heading into that game a little later on. So. They're the interesting results to come out of MC Labor Division 2. And we'll look at Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, which I think continues to impress. I reckon a lot of pundits didn't expect it to be this tight um, heading towards round 9. But it has. And again, from a league point of view, it's great to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see what some of these clubs do. I think it's very open. and some good results across the board. So we'll start with the Reservoir Laylor game. It was always going to be highly anticipated. Two sides we know that have struggled um, so far throughout the last few years of the NFL competition. Um, and we always probably expected it to be a close game. A six-point win in the end for Reservoir. Um, a fantastic effort for them, particularly as they were coming from behind 
in that game as well. They were able to get the job done. The first time in seven years that they've won more than one game in a season. Also the first time in seven years they've won a home game as well. So a monumental effort there from the Mustangs. I thought they were very impressive. Layla will be a bit disappointed and probably barring a miracle, they'll be the ones that finish the wooden spooners in the competition. But, you know, I think either way, whatever the result was going to be, it was going to be an important win for whoever did get the, the chocolates. And on this occasion, it was Reservoir. Yeah, they'll, they'll be over the moon. And like I said earlier in the year, I was very happy that they got that first win. And I'm very happy here that, you know, they, they got that second win, break, the break you know, a bit of a long drought. And yeah, they'll, they'll also be happy that they finally got a win on their home deck, Chris Park. I think it'll give them a bit of confidence heading into the rest of the season, knowing, you know, it, yeah, like you said, bar a miracle, they're not going to finish bottom unlike they have in the last couple of years. But it's just great to see that it's finally all coming together for a down at Reservoir. Well, not fully together, but, you know, just seeing them improve. And I think, yeah, it's um, a, a great... It's a great victory for them, and I'm sure they celebrated deep into the night after that victory. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the improvement's there, and I think that's what they're really looking for. Um, you know, both them and the Bloods have had a lot of squad changes in the last couple of months as well. I don't think that the team that the teams that played out there last week were the same ones that were in round three. Um, but albeit, it's still a fantastic result, and yeah, gives a lot of hope and a lot of faith that you know, putting the right people in charge and. Or, or getting, you know, the team together will result in some great things. So a nice result for the Mustangs, and I'm sure Layla's time will come in a little while too. The other close game in the rounds was between Old Alton Collegians and Mernda. And, well, you know, the Turtles make it seven wins in a row, but it didn't come easy. Um, they probably didn't help themselves. They had seven more scoring shots and only ended up winning by seven behinds. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a great result. For the Turtles, keeps them well intact in the top two and sets them up beautifully for a big clash against Kilmore next week. Yeah, and you know, for Mernda, they'll be they'll be very happy that they got close. It's this this loss it it shows how much they've improved. You know, because earlier in the year they they'd mm. gone humbled by fifty three points against against them. But yeah, this time around they're only losing by the seven points out on their home deck too. And yeah, like I said, it was only seven behinds. Yeah, for Old Eltham Collegiates, again, you take the win and they're flying high at the moment. Seven wins in a row, only in second due to a bit of a percentage difference, but I reckon they're currently the best side in the competition and this was a really impressive win. I think this also proves, and, and maybe this has been this hasn't been the case in previous years, but I think those, tops, those top four sides would have been looking at the bottom four sides originally and saying, oh, well, we can rest a few plays against your Heidelberg Wests and your Mernders. That's not the case anymore. Probably apart from Reservoir and Laylor, you know, I don't think these top four sides can take Heidelberg, West and Mernder lightly anymore. We saw Mernder beat Kilmore last week. They were seven, a point, seven points away uh, from beating old Altham. Heidelberg, West have had some really impressive results as well. Um, so I think they need to be taken seriously as well. Maybe not top four credential sides just yet, uh, but they can cause a lot of shake-up in the top four indirectly, which I think teams will have to be wary of. Great, again, to see for the competition. Brings a bit more evenness. Uh, but, yeah, just something to look out for as well. Murder and Heidelberg West are better than a few people think. And the Hawks did get a little close as well um, against South Morang at home. They weren't able to get the result. The Lions get back on the winner's list after three weeks, importantly for them, that they were able to get that result, a 19-point win 
for South Morang. Heidelberg West had their chances as well. They just weren't able to convert really in the end. And South Morang had enough runs throughout the match that were able to, to see them get the win. Yeah, and uh, Heidelberg West, again, you'd be happy with this performance despite the fact, you know, you, you go down and on your home deck. But uh, And it's against a South Morang side who, who have had their struggles in recent weeks. But, yeah, for it, from a South Morang perspective, you're just happy that you're getting back on the winner's list and and staving off a potential side that, well, could have stolen the fourth position from them. But, yeah, they didn't. They It was a good tight affair out at Heidelberg Park. And, yeah, I think South Morang, it's it's a good victory for them and sets them up well for, well, for the second half of the season and for the next couple of weeks too. And the final game to look at was between Lorimer and Kilmore. This was another highly anticipated clash throughout this round, but uh, the result wasn't as close as maybe some would have believed, and it was Lorimer getting a 42-point win over the Blues. It was tight up until half-time, a six-point lead for Lorimer, and they were just able to blow him out of the park with an 11-goal to five-second half, and that was enough to see them get the win. So very impressive effort there from the power. Jacob Lawson kicked five. Nathan Andrews kicked a career-high three goals after moving up <laughs> forward. Kicked some really nice ones as well, <laughs> did Nathan Andrews. Uh, but Grant Paxton kicked five for Kilmore. But this is now two losses in a row for the Blues after losing last week to Mernda um, and this one to Lorimer. It's probably not the form they want to be coming up against a side like Old Elf and Collegians, although they will be at home. And, um, you know, it's I, I think it's just necessarily about trying to find that form back. They've pretty much got their whole team in and, if they can get some of their uh, players to stand up, we know Chris Barton and Bailey Taylor Egan are very talented players. If they can step it up a notch against this old album side, it'll be great viewing. But um, Lorimer just too good, and they remain top of the table. Yeah, they're, they're stamping their authority as well. Uh, Lorimer, it's a really impressive win again against Kilmore. You know, they went de- went up to Kilmore earlier in the year, get the victory by uh, just though, and you know they easily cruised the victory here in the end. Uh, They'll be impre- they'll be happy with that first half as well. With Kilmore, you know, keeping up with Lorimer and you know keeping them to only five goals, but yeah, Lorimer's scoring power was just too good. And you know, despite the fact Jackson Cecil he was only kept to one goal after bagging, I think it was fourteen the the week before. Yeah, it it just shows you know how many attacking options that the power have uh, for Kilmore. It's uh, I reckon it's back to the drawing board ahead of this massive clash this coming weekend. Take a quick break on the NFNL podcast. We've got lots more for you right after this. The Meadows Conference and Event Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll get straight to our review of our senior women's competitions. We'll begin with the Winning Edge Division 1 women's campaign. And, well, Diamond Creek women's one streak finally came to an end after 17 consecutive wins. The West Preston Lakeside one side were able to claim a famous 14-point win. And it was their five-goal to one first term that put the Creekers on the back foot pretty much straight away. And despite being kept goalless in the last quarter where the Roosters they were able to pull off the victory and you know, Tali Pulcino, Ashley Snow, some great games from them, as they have throughout the year. But uh, we'll speak to Abby Galea in a few moments' time. But, Josh, that, that's, a, that's an outstanding win for West Preston Lakeside 1 and begins to open up that competition again up the top. I, I, I wouldn't have thought 
they'd be able to pull that off. I wouldn't have thought any team would be able to pull off a victory against Diamond Creek Women's 1, but the Roosters, they proved me wrong. They're, they're starting to, you know, grow as a team, and, it, and it's great to see. I feel like, you know, they can become what that men's side has become in the last couple of years, and, and that is, you know, get dominating, starting to dominate and getting wins consistently, and yeah, what a great performance from them. They'll be, I think they'll be over the moon. And, you know, they said on their social media posts that the belief is growing. Well, their belief is going to be sky high now, mm. given they defeated the Diamond Creek women's side, which had hadn't lost in so long. And, you know, had just been thumping teams left, right and centre. So this is a terrific victory from them. Dar- Oops, sorry, Darabin won, quickly rejoined the top four with a 40-point win over the VU Western Spurs, who have come off a couple of losses now, have the Spurs. They kept uh, The Falcons kept the Spurs to just one behind for the entire second half and had a handy 40-point win. Chloe Williams, another three-goal haul for her, uh, but Dallas Rowland and Julia Thung did all they could as well for Darabin and, and had a great performance with their Alicia Casely. Um, you know, she was impressive up forward, but that was all, I guess, for the VU Western Spurs. So Darabin won with a nice win there. Montmorency won. They also proved too strong for Heidelberg one, who we know have had their struggles in the division so far. 88-point winners for the Magpies. They kicked at least two goals in each term. Um, and they had seven individual goal kickers, which I think they'll also be happy with. Five of those with multiple goal scorers. Gemma Laffey leading the way with three majors. Mia Tiscone was the one, one of the more impressive performances for Heidelberg, but they just couldn't get the job done. In the end, then Greensboro and Lower Plenty Bundura. This was always going to be an interesting game, um, purely because of where they were at the ladder. But the bar ended up cruising to victory, really. A 56-point win. They leapfrogged them to sixth spot on the ladder. And if it wasn't for their nine goals, 21, <laughs> it could have been a lot more um, of a margin. It could have been. They'll, you know, they'll still be happy that they got a very big victory. You know, I think they played them earlier in the year as well. And... They had their number there as well to Greensboro over Lower Plenty Bundura, but this is a very impressive win once more for for the Borough. You know, the, two very impressive wins these last couple of weeks. I think you know they might need to have a bit of goal kicking practice this week, but yeah, they'll they'll still be happy that they got the win against you know a, a side that's close to them on the table and geographically close to them as well. So yeah, they'll be happy that they got the win over the SG Print and Paper Division. Two women's and Altham regained top spot on the ladder after a week hiatus. 116-point winners over Diamond Creek women's two. They kept them scoreless for the entire game. Had 41 scoring shots themselves. Of unbelievable performance again from them. Alana Murray, Jackie White. They just continue to improve from strength to strength. I think Sienna Gunning's also had a great few weeks as well for Altham. She's contributing really nicely to... St. Mary's, they had their biggest score and their biggest winning margin so far this year with a nice win over Darabin 2, a 123-point win for the Borough and a great way to respond after their three-point heartbreaking defeat last week to Altham. So Sarah Johnston was the star up forward, seven majors for her, an outstanding performance. Alyssa Rees was best on ground. She's also putting together a very handy season. And St. Mary's, they moved to second, but they're having a nice little campaign here. Yeah, they've... They've really impressed me, have, have the borough, you know. that I, I was expecting a bit of improvement, you know. They'd gone a couple of handy plays from, from down from, or up from Division division 1. And, yeah, this is a, a really good victory for them. And a great way to bounce back after, you know, the heartbreak of last week. And, yeah, they're, 
they're making themselves known as the second best team in the in SG Print Paper Division Two, I reckon. Whittlesey regained their spot in the top four, a comfortable ninety-three point win over Mott Moranti. Two at least three goals in each turn for them. They just dominated from start to finish. It could have been a lot more for them as well. Um, they had a total of thirty-four scoring shots, so it could have been a bit more of a margin. Tiana Markey was superb again and also had a nice three majors, along with Abby Barnes, who kicked four. Um, she hadn't kicked a goal prior to that game, Abby Barnes, and then she just went away and kicked four. So that's a nice nice way to, to kick off the goal-kicking account. Uh, and then in one of the closest games of the week, Banyul led it all three changes and were just able to sneak home over the Fitzroy Stars. Now, these sides met three weeks ago as well, and it was a close game too. The Stars prevailing by six points on that occasion. But this time, it's the Bears that were able to turn the tables. Rebecca DePaolo, well, she's proving to be a force in that forward line. Um, excellent goal-kicking form has been outstanding. Three majors for her as well. Uh, so that continues her great campaign. But Banyol, this this was always going to be a tight game. It has it had been last year too when they were in Division Three. Um, and it's proving to be the case again in Division 2. It's going to be a nice little rivalry. Yeah, I'm enjoying this rivalry so far. This is a, a great game as well. You know, it's, um, it's a bit more high scoring the last time around. I think I combined that it was only the two goals kicked in the last match. But, yeah, this is, it's a nice way for Banyol to bounce back after, well, you know, the loss to them earlier in the year. But I'm enjoying this rivalry a lot. Rebecca DiPaolo, she's made a name for herself these last couple of, well, since Banyol have come into the league last year as a forward, it's another great performance from her. She is, I reckon, one of, if not the best forward in Division 2. So another great performance from her. But yeah, Banyol will just be happy that they got the win and away too. It's a Doc Nichols Oval. And then over to Cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's. Unfortunately, only the two games in that one with Heidelberg 2 having to pull out, giving mm-hmm. Mernda the win. So they still remain top of the table um, in that one and have an eight-point buffer. But Hurstbridge, well, they made a big statement. <laughs> they lost to Mernda last week by a point, and they've, they've come back in a big way with a huge 62-point win over at West Preston Lakeside 2. They piled on eight goals to one after half time, and they were never looking back after that. Belinda Harris has put together a nice month for football as well. Melissa Martini booting three goals. You know you can always rely on her in that forward line. So Hurstbridge were always there and abouts. They're proving to beat these other sides, and, and they're still going to be one of the premiership contenders in the division. Yeah, and you know, it's, this is a good way to bounce back for the for the Bridges. It's a really impressive, a really impressive win. You know, West Preston Lakeside they they gone a little bit of form in the last couple of weeks. Um, well, the second side that is, and yeah, they they'll, they wouldn't have come into this game thinking it'd be an easy beat, but in the end, it was a quite comfortable victory. Belinda Harris and Melissa Martini are definitely putting their names up for for early team of the year selection. Great performances from them and. Yeah, well, for Hurstbridge, they they bounce back and, you know, continue on their merry way as well. And the last game in that one was between Lorimer and Wallen. This was another tight one, a six-point win for the power just scraping over the line in the low scoring of there. They were able to manage, they managed to get a seven-point gap at three-quarter time and that was just enough to get them over the line. Tesco and Alicia Pangborn playing key roles in the win for the power. And now we'll speak to member of the West Preston Lakeside 1 Football Club and recently appointed assistant coach of the Roosters in Abigalia. 
Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is a member of the West Preston Lakeside One football team in the NFNL Senior Women's Competition and also just recently the assistant coach of the Roosters in Abbey Galea. Abby, thanks so much for coming on and having a chat. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, I guess it's great that you will be part of the coaching ranks this year, but I guess the circumstances of it are a bit unfortunate in you doing your ACL last week. Um, I guess just go through the process of the recovery. Obviously, it's you know very unfortunate that it's had to happen and that you won't be able to play for the rest of the season. But um, what's the mentality been like in terms of getting it back up? And, and then what made you uh, want to join the coaching ranks to still be involved with the team? Uh, of course. So, yeah, it's a shame that I've, I'm injured, um, but I'll definitely still be around the club and around the team. Um, and I'd be at every game and training still anyway. So uh, Tills has asked me to be his assistant coach in the meantime while I'm injured. Um, so it's great to yeah be on board in that role so I can still be around and help out the girls and be involved as much as I can. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. I'm assuming you would have been a part of the club as well on Saturday in their big win over Diamond Creek Women's One, ending their 17-game win streak. It would have been a phenomenal effort. Not that you girls weren't having a great season yourselves already, but I think this has just stamped your authority on the competition. What does a win like that do for the club, and, and what's the belief like around the plays in terms of how far they can go this year? Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. Um, of course, you always want to beat the team that's at the top of the table. Um, so we've had a good season so far, um, beating a couple of sides that we haven't beaten before in Div 1. Um, and then just to get that win on Sunday against Dymo, of course, yeah, it's massive. I mean, the mentality at the moment is week by week and just ticking the box. So tick the box every week. Um, and then see what we've got ahead of us for the next round. So, yeah, to get that win against Dymo, considering they're at the top of the table and haven't won, sorry, haven't lost in 17 games. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. And the girls are up and about, but, yeah, we're keeping a lid on it at the moment, hoping we'll play finals and then just see how we go and see how far we can get. There's a... Sorry, there's been some players that have had some great individual seasons as well. I mean, Ashley Snow just continues to dominate throughout the competition. She's been fantastic. I think Tali Pulcino as well has been another one um, that has improved her game. A bit about those players, I guess, but also, you know, maybe some other players that the league might not be well aware of and how their improvement of going. Is there anyone you feel has really taken great strides in their development um, of playing and, and anyone that we can watch out for heading to the pointy end of the season? Yeah, for sure. So those two, obviously, yeah, Ash has been an absolute standout. Um, yeah, she's having a ripper season, to be expected. I mean, she's a gun footballer, so there's no surprise there. And Tal's Pulcino as well. She's um, one of our co-captains this year and one of the younger girls in the side, so it's exciting to see her have a good year too. Um, a couple to look out for maybe would be Heidi Woodley. Um, so she is hoping to get drafted into the AFL next year. Um, so we're very lucky to have her on board in our team this year. I mean, I don't think she'll be a part of our team next year, but on to bigger things. So that's really exciting. And she's, yeah, she's been outstanding for us so far. Um, I mean, there's a couple of younger girls. This is probably the youngest side that we've had 
in a long while and the fact that we've got two sides this year as well so our team in the Div 1 comp and then our team in the Div 3 comp I think that makes a massive difference um, it makes it more competitive around the club girls know that if they don't get to training well then they're not guaranteed a game in the ones um, yeah it's exciting I feel like this is yeah some of the best vibes that we've had around West which is yeah really great for the team and for the whole club well just on that you've been as part of the the West Preston Lakeside team for a, a few years now um, and you, you spoke about the the momentum you guys have had and and the morale that you've got which is fantastic to see just speak I guess more you know from the development side of things you know coming in in the inaugural year of the NFNL women's competition, you know, um, it obviously would have taken a few years for a lot of clubs to, to find their feet um, in terms of women's football. But um, how impressed have you been to see West Preston Lakeside really settle in um, with their women's football program? And, and how impressed have you been with the development of not just players, but the whole system in general? Yes, I mean, we've, like you said, we've been there from the beginning. So we had our um, first team in 2017 when the comp started. Um, and then won a Div 2 flag the year after, and then the year after that went into Div 1. Um, obviously, with COVID, it's been hard to kind of keep the ball rolling and keep the girls interested and motivated. Um, but, yeah, having Paul Tilly Tills on board as our coach has been massive for the club. Um, he's got two teams up. So, yeah, we've got a team in Div 1 and Div 3 this year for the first time. So, yeah, that's been massive for the club and for the girls and for the whole club, really, having a successful Div 1 um, men's team for a few years. And now it looks like we'll have a successful um, Div 1 women's team. So, yeah, it's really exciting and the vibes are pretty high around the club. Um, Yeah, it's been great. And I think hopefully we can keep this momentum going and have two sides um, in it for a while or forever, hopefully. Um, But, yeah, it's been – it's exciting. You just spoke before about Paul and, and the role that he's been playing as a coach. What's your relationship like with him and, and how impressed have you been in terms of the way he's been able to, you know, um, gather the players around and, and continue their skills from week to week? Yeah, I mean, Tills's footy knowledge is outstanding. It's, um, yeah, some of the best that we've seen. He's probably been the most instrumental coach we've had. Um, I mean, we've had a couple of good coaches in the past and, of course, Um, winning a flag like obviously that's a credit to Polly that coach Um, but yeah because Tilly was involved with the Calder Cannons and getting a few of those girls across Um, and of course he's got extensive history with West itself like he played there back when he was younger Um, and everyone around the club loves him and yeah I think his communication skills with the girls have been um, really impressive and every he's very approachable so yeah, I don't think anyone would really have anything bad to say about Tills. And I mean, having a good coach, of course, that's going to make a big difference in our success. So hopefully we can have him on board again next year as well. And yeah, hopefully he keeps um, putting us in the right direction for a successful year this year. And just touching on your your, your third division side, your second side, Josh Ward here, by the way, Um do you reckon, have you been impressed with how well they're performing so far to start the year down in third division? Yeah, of course. So we didn't know, well, a few of those girls have come from other clubs um, and knowing that West was already in Div 1, I think they're a little bit cautious, a little bit nervous to come from a previous Div 3 side at another club to come to our club. Um 
but yeah, they've they're doing so well. And the girls, there's a few girls there that have had um, like a while away from footy, so they haven't played in a few years. There's a lot of girls in that side as well who haven't played footy at all. Um, but yeah, it's been great, and everyone gets along well. And I think the something that we really value as well is we consider that we've got it's one team. So no matter what division or side you're playing on the weekend, we're one team. We all train together. Um, everyone gets along really well. There's no kind of division despite having the two sides. And I think that's really important as well. And the fact that we everyone integrates with the guy, the um, men's team as well. So every Thursday night we all have dinner together. And I think it's things like that and the good culture around the club that makes everyone stick around. And to be honest, I think good culture is what makes for a successful club and a successful team. Well, sounds like there's a lot of good things going on there at West Preston Lakeside and we're looking forward to seeing the continued improvement in the women's program in, in both teams that you have across the competition. Abby, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us a bit about the Roosters program and, of course, a speedy recovery for you as well and hopefully we'll see you back out on the field shortly. Thanks, Abby. No worries. Thanks for having me. Up the Roosters. <laughs> That was Abby Galea from the West Preston Lakeside Football Club. Great to hear about all the happenings with the women's program there at J.E. Moore Park. But before we wrap up this episode, as we always like to do, we'll look ahead to this weekend's action across our senior men's and women's football competitions. And Josh, a lot of intrigue about some matches coming up. Mm, definitely is. We'll start off with Division 1, Greensboro and Bundura. That's a massive match between... There are two sides, I reckon, in similar positions and, you know, very, very close to each other. Just just down the, down the road for Bandura, down Grimshaw Street. A very interesting matchup out there. West Preston Lakeside, Heidelberg could potentially be an interesting one. You know, Heidelberg have stamped their authority as the number one team in the competition. But, you know, they'll be looking at West Preston Lakeside is is always going to be a challenge on their home deck and if they win there they're definitely stamping their authority given you know it's again they've won you know against the reigning minor premiers and the two-time reigning premiers out on their home patch too a bit of a bottom of the table clash as well we'll see in Northcote Park that's, that's a good game that's a really good game I, I think you know it's a it's an eight-pointer as well I think whoever wins this one um you would think it would, you know, help them in that relegation battle. And for Whittlesey, they'll just look to, you know, get some confidence out of this result. And uh, I'm very interested to see how that how that goes. And in Division 2, Watsonia Thomastown is a bit of an interesting match. You know, Thomastown, yeah, they've defeated those opponents that, well, like Epping, Penn Hill and Fitzroy Stars quite comfortably this season. But I think... It's our Binak Park. It's a bit of a danger game, I reckon, for Thomastown and for Watsonia. This is a chance to prove that, you know, they can be a, they can be a final side and you know challenge for finals. Um, it's not too many interesting matchups. Well, Plenty St Mary's is a very interesting matchup too. Uh, two sides that are also geographically close to each other, a bit like. Greensboro and Montmorency in Division 1. That's a, a very juicy matchup out at Montmorency Park South. St. Mary's just looking to, you know, they'll look to prove themselves against another contender or, and, you know, Lower Plenty will be looking to bounce back from the disappointment of the previous weekend. Division 3, it's hard to go past the Kilmore Old Eltham mm-hmm. Collegians. That is a very interesting matchup out at, out at JJ Clancy. Very intrigued to see how that goes and, you know, 
Kilmore will be looking to to bounce back after a bit of you know disappointing couple of weeks, mind you, away from home, and Old Eltham just looking to continue on their merry way. Lauren Mernda could also be a very interesting matchup. I think Mernda will come into this game confident that they could potentially pull off another upset as well, and I'm very intrigued to see how that goes. Absolutely, Mernda always lurking around, aren't they? Mm-hmm. A couple of senior women's ones I'm looking forward to. West Preston Lakeside won VU Western Spurs. We we just spoke to Abby. Um, as well. The Roosters in really good form. V Western Spurs coming off two defeats. You'd expect them to bounce back pretty quickly. I think they'll be out looking for a response in that one. In Division 2, Fitzroy Stars and St. Mary's could come up as an interesting mm-hmm. match as well. The Stars will want to bounce back, but we know they're a quality side, and they're made for Division 2 despite being in Division 3 last year. So I think a real opportunity for the Stars in that one. And then Mernda, West Preston Lakeside 2 in Division 3. The Demons not having played last weekend. We'll see how that shakes up. West Preston Lakeside too. They're five and three in third spot. Same points as Hurstbridge. Could be a very interesting game for them. They'll be looking to bounce back as well from their loss to the Bridges. So some good games to look forward to across the board. As always, if you want all the latest information and news, head to our NFNL website, the nfnl.org.au. Josh. Thank you, as always, for coming on having a chat. Always a pleasure, and yeah, can't wait for this coming weekend of NFNL action. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL Podcast.